you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 18. Well, hello, you guys. Welcome to episode 18. This is in honor of July 4th, and I thought it would be a perfect episode because it's a conversation between me and another mom, Connie Lee, and Connie was interviewing me for her Balanced Parent show, and um, and the conversation kind of took an interesting t- turn, and I think that it was it, it was a powerful episode, and what made me want to um, put it out on July fourth is that Connie really shared with me that she was having some struggles as a mom in terms of work life balance, work mommying balance. She's building a business for herself, and she was having particularly bedtime battles with her daughter, and just feeling like she was. She was burning the candle on both ends, and she was just really feeling like no matter what she did, her daughter was constantly just wanting more and more and more of her time. And so deep down, Connie was really struggling with some guilt because she felt like if I want to build something that it helps my family get to a better place and, and impacts my life in a way that I wasn't being, you know, I wasn't feeling fulfilled in my prior job and my prior corporate job. Um, my daughter suffers. There's never enough time for her. And I, I ended up coaching her on the fact that it's not that there was never enough time. Our kids just always want more time. But when you're a working mom and when really you're just a mom of any sort, whether you're working out of the house or in the house, stay-at-home mom or, you know, big-time corporate career mom, we all struggle with feeling like we're not meeting all of our child's needs. And the truth of the matter is, is that they just want more and more and more and more and more. So the real solution is how do we stand up? How do we, how do we stand up for ourselves and our family and what we believe in from this place of assertive pack leadership, like really asserting ourselves and being that firm, empowered leader that our kids desperately want us to lead. They, they, they desperately want us to be. And, um, and isn't it interesting, like July 4th, it stands for independence, freedom, Like, that's what we all want. We want to feel a sense of freedom in our life. It's why Connie chose to go and and start her own business and she wrote a book. She is the author of a book called she's a, she's the author of a book and she calls herself a life by design coach. And so 
she really helps other women where she struggled for so long, which was staying in a career where she felt totally out of alignment with her purpose and her values. And and she developed a bunch of health issues. So like her body was screaming, hey, this is not the best life for you. And so she knew she took action because she listened to her body. And now what she does is she helps other families and other moms create a life that they design on their terms. Isn't that what being an independent woman and trying to create a life of freedom, isn't that what it's all about? And so I just thought, you know what, I think this is a good conversation because we're really kind of riffing on back and forth on what these struggles are and how our kids want so much more and more and more of our time. And we beat ourselves up and we feel guilty about it. And the real solution is not more time most of the time. The real solution is understanding how to communicate from that place of assertiveness. And so I really kind of role model this for her in this episode. And I think that many of you guys are going to find it helpful. I also think that um, I share, I'm just going to leave this as a little teaser. I share the number one mistake most of us make in terms of our communication technique with our kids and why so often we find ourselves in the parent gap, not being the parent that we want to be and going from that kind of passive place where we're really sweet at the beginning to like crazy lunatic mom where we're screaming our head off and um, maybe separating for the night from that place of tension and anger and then going and finding ourselves laying in a puddle of guilt when we really just want to go to bed from this peaceful place and we've tried so hard to be the best mom we could be and it all went sideways at the end of the night and now we're laying here worried that we're screwing up our kids. Um, And so I just, I really appreciated that Connie was super honest and I think it was a great conversation and we talk about mom judgment and kind of just the mommy wars that are out there and and my spin on why I think they exist and what I believe the solution is. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and um, I'll just, it's not, I'm, I didn't, I didn't include the entire interview. I just included the relevant parts that really feel like they focus on how we step into our power as women and as moms and as pack leaders of our family. So enjoy. So the big question is this, how do parents like us know that we aren't messing up the biggest role of our lives, especially when we happen to have a strong-willed child that's constantly pushing our buttons? We've all heard that kids don't come with a manual. So how can we know for sure that we're saying the right things or that we're getting this parenting thing right? Well, on this podcast for parents of toddlers to teens, we'll be giving you real tools you can use right away so that your kids will feel like they can talk to you about absolutely anything and everything. My name is Randy Rubenstein and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. How can we, I saw that I was reading your blog, so how can we support kids with their dream instead of trying to put our own dream onto them. 
doing this work. Honestly, I think, I think living vicariously through your kids, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of judgment, you know, there's a lot, and look, I've been there and I'm really working on judgment right now. Like in my own, you know, you're always peeling back layers of the onion. And so in my personal life, like what I'm working on is really releasing judgment and realizing that whenever I'm judging someone else, I'm really judging myself in some way and I just read I just learned this where it's like it's called the mirror effect where it's a deflection when it's too shameful or painful to look at yourself you look outward and you judge all these other people and so um and so I think and I think for me too for a long time like I what I didn't I had like forgotten dreams and and I was there was a part of me that was like well what am I going to be when I grow up and, um, and it wasn't time yet for me to go full force with this. Like it just it wasn't time. It hadn't marinated enough. And, um, and so I think we can be judgy about the dads on the baseball field. And I have been there. I've written articles about it. It drives me nuts or the moms who social, um, engineer, that's the thing that, you know, social mm-hmm. engineer and are setting up play dates from the time their kids are little and, modeling exclusivity for their daughters and then you know and so and so i think it's easy to live vicariously through your kids and so what i would say is is to get your kids to really pursue their dreams is pursuing yours living your own life realizing that living vicariously through your kids if you're getting together with girlfriends and all you want to talk about are um like you know who the gossip about not like what are you struggling with did you try this have you tried that not like a pulling from each other's brains but more like wanting to find out the scoop or talking about the kids like I remember getting together with a mom when my son had just started high school my oldest and I remember going to a lunch one of my friends was in town and she was friends with a group of moms that I wasn't really super close with but I was friends kind of from a distance and I went to this lunch and I mean there were women there who um were doctors and lawyers and I mean like like had had big careers maybe had left them but or were still there and the entire conversation was about like what high school kid was dating who whose kids were screwing mm. those who had been getting who was experimenting with drugs and alcohol there was it was literally like a gossip fest about from the moms about the kids. And so if you, and I don't say that from a place of judginess, I say it from a place of, if you find yourself falling into that, um, you know, it might be just be time to take a pause and to say, what lights me up? What can I do? Because when your kids see you, they learn by what we model, not by what we say. So when they see you pursuing your stuff and putting yourself out there and being willing to go for things that feel kind of scary and you feel vulnerable, like that's how they learn to have the courage to go for their dreams too. So that's, it's an indicator if you find yourself really living vicariously through your kids. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what would be your piece of advice that, you know, if you could talk to, a lot of moms in the world, what would you want to say to them about parenting now? Um, you know, I think probably a lot of what I just said, 
is that I think a lot, you know, many of, of us, me included, we just want to be a good mom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's easy to judge each other because it's so painful mm-hmm. to, to look at ourselves and to, and to really say, God, am I getting this right? Am I getting this wrong? I think it feels so, it feels so shameful. It feels so painful to think that you may not be getting it right. So you deflect and you look at all the other people who maybe are getting it more wrong than you. (laughs) And, um, and I think it's super polarizing and I think it feels bad for everyone. And, uh, and I think it's a lot of the reason we've got like the stay at home mom versus the working mom, you know, like, I think it's the reason we take jabs at each other. Um, and I think as long as we're doing that, we're not going to be fully standing in our divine feminine leadership energy that our kids need us to, you know, we're, we are the pack leaders of the family. We are, the mom is the nucleus. And, um, and so we can't do this on an island by ourselves. We need each other and we've got to stop feeling, doing this comparison thing and this competitive thing. So I know that's something I'm working on personally is just, I'm building a community of moms. It feels really amazing. And I have this like kind of advanced uh, parenting group. I call it the parenting mastermind. And, um, and we have a lot of fun in it. But what I say to them, because they, you know, they're, they're having some big results. They've been in this mastermind now. They've been working with me since last October. And so they're having some pretty big results. And quite often they want to give me credit for their results. And I'm very quick to say, I don't live in your house. I'm not there when your kids are whining. I'm not there when they're waking up at six o'clock or 530 in the morning. Like, don't give me credit for just being a vehicle through which you got this information and then you took action and implemented it. And yeah. so I, I, I just think that that's what feels so good for my group of moms and why we're having so much success is really we've got community and there is no competition whatsoever. So I would tell other moms, you know, if you can honestly drop the judgment and work on just work on loving your, your neighbor, look, work on loving your fellow mom, even when she does it so differently from you, even though you want to kind of wring her neck because maybe it's <laughs> your life more difficult because your kid's saying, why can't you buy me that? And, you know, an iPad of my own. Sarah has one. Um, and you're like, what is wrong with Sarah's mom? You want to go to that place? Um, but just remember Sarah's mom loves Sarah, just like you love your kid. And, and she's doing the best that she can. And she just wants to feel like a good mom too. And so I think that, um, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm working on. And that's, that would be what I would share. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. My daughter does that a lot because I keep her, um, sugar level, like her sugar intake. I try to be really like on top of that. And she's like, you know, my friend's moms, I'm going to go live with them because they buy them treats. <laughs> it's like, well, they're not my kids, so I can't <laughs> control that, right? So, yeah. So, I love that, just accepting that they're doing the best that they can. And, and saying, you know, and in those moments, so often we want to say, I know I've heard, like, you know, working moms or stay-at-home moms say this, like, you know, the, for the working mom, the kid who comes home and says, um, so-and-so's mom comes up and eats lunch with her all the time. 
yeah. and this, and the, you know, and this, the working mom will say, well, it must be nice, but your mom has a big career and I'm showing you what women are capable. You know, like we go to, yeah. The- and so, and it's the same thing with like the sugar or the tech or whatever. And it's like, well, you know what? Her teeth might just rot out of her mouth and um, <laughs> whatever. We, thought, yeah. we, want, we want to find fault when the truth of the matter is, is that the answer is always empathy, which is, is instead of arguing and going to that place of defensiveness, it would be wow, she gets treats all the time. How fun, how fun is that? <laughs> and, and, and you're just going to go, I know, why can't I have treats all the time? You're like, I know you want treats all, this is the empathy. I know you want treats all the time. Of course you want treats all the time because you're a little kid and treats are delicious. And in our household, I think too many treats, they keep you up, they make your, you know, they're not healthy for your brain and body. So in our family, we choose to have less treats. Different families do it different ways. And mm. I totally understand why you'd want to be in that family. Yeah. <laughs> I would too. Do you see how that's like different than the way we typically, we typically go into that kind of lawyering mode and then it becomes this combative thing. But when we just like, they throw the ball and we just kind of catch it, and we're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And, you know, and then stay and the working mom and stay at home mom. And the working mom says, wow, you see so-and-so's mom come up there all the time because she's got the flexibility to do so. And you're looking at her going, wow, I wish my mom could come up here too. How nice for you. Like I, I miss my mom during the day too. I would love to have lunch. So you, sometimes it's like you maybe feel a little bit of envy and, um, and you're seeing her mom there. And it's a reminder that, that we're apart from each other all the time and, and that can feel bad. And, and the kid says, yeah. And you're like, I totally get that. I miss you like crazy. There's pros and cons of staying home and working and we all make compromises. And I totally get that you would feel jealous of that. That makes total sense to me. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I wish I had talked to you like four years ago when I was going through that. Um, my daughter was the same. Yeah. You know what? Because empathy, I say empathy is the magical elixir. It feels good at any age. And what we end up teaching our kids is that we teach them that they are allowed to have a negative emotion or a disappointing emotion. And we're like, you don't need me to tell you how to think, how to feel or happy you up. And Trust me, this is, I learned this through lots of of doing it wrong for so many years with my oldest. But like when he said, stop, there's nothing wrong with me. That was him basically saying, if you met me with empathy and you just acknowledge that I can deal with hard emotions, I'm allowed to be in a bad mood. You don't have to dance like a circus monkey mom to try and happy me up. Like I'll move through that negative emotion and I'll build my own resilience because that's what we humans do when other people meet us from this place of empathy. And it doesn't naturally come to us as moms because we so, especially overachiever mommies like us, because we're like, must fix the disappointment and negative emotion, must help you to feel better now when what we really just need to do is just be there and hold space for them. Yeah, I love that. The so part of this was is that I was struggling to 
find like the balance between being the mom that I wanted to be and still pursuing the business that I want to build. Right. And I feel that she's the one that pays the price because it would be like, well, this has to happen in order for me, for me to be able to give you the life that I want to give you, then I have to sacrifice some time with you. Right. But she doesn't understand that. And I don't, and I'm just wondering how could I balance that better? So how old is she? How old is she? She's eight now. And so she doesn't understand it right now. No, she, it's always a Sorry. Like, give me an example. Like, when is she saying like, no, stop working. I want, you know, what, when is she? Like after school or? Yeah. So she's basically like that most of the time. So every night we have what she calls mommy and Abby time. And we do that every night and it's a consistent thing. But if I say like, okay, I only have half an hour and then I have to get back to work. She doesn't like that. Right. Because half an hour, then she wants, then she'll just be like, okay, just five more minutes, five more minutes. Right. But then when I kind of draw the line, like, no, I have to get back to work now because I have a deadline. Then that's when she starts with the guilt tripping. Like you never have time for me. (laughs) Let me ask you this. When she guilt trips you, that stall tactic, what ends up happening? Yeah, so I'll usually give in. <laughs> so it's working for her. So we just need to pattern disrupt that, okay? Oh. We just need to pattern disrupt because it's actually been working for her. Because the thing is, is that at eight, you know, you're the light of her life. She wants as much time as she can get with you. Yeah. And, and it's not realistic and it's actually not healthy for you to, you know, it's, it's just not a balanced life. I mean, it's yeah. It's not a balanced life. You gotta, you know, it's like the it's like the yin and yang of things. Like you gotta be cold sometimes to appreciate like the cozy warmth of a fire on a Sunday, right. right? And you gotta be hungry to to appreciate a delicious meal, right? Yeah. And so it's good to miss people. It's good to want more time, and um and it's and it's totally normal. It's totally normal. So. What I would say is it has been working for her. She is normal in that she wants as much time with you as she can get because she's a kid and you're the mama and you're the star of the show. And she's like, I want the star of the show doting all over me as much as possible. You're celebrity, okay? It's a beautiful thing. It means that she feels super loved by you and she's super connected to you. And so she wants more, 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 more. So what I would say to you is that thing that I was talking about before about the assertive communication methods and how it doesn't come naturally for women. Yeah. Okay. And so so that's really where it lies for you is understanding how to actually speak to her assertively and how to follow through on that. And so it's like, you know, you've got a bedtime. She doesn't even need to know what you do after her bedtime. She doesn't need to know that it's work. She doesn't need to know any of that. Her bedtime is at a certain time because that's what keeps her body safe and healthy. And you're her mom and you enforce it because that's what you do. And of course she doesn't want to go to sleep because when she goes to sleep, when she closes her eyes, the party stops. And super important, that's your job. You're going to keep her safe and healthy. So whatever that bedtime is, you go in and it's mommy and Abby time from, let's say, 7.45 to 8.15. At 
it's lights out because it's bedtime and that's what her body needs. There is no more talking at 8.15 or 8.30, whatever time it is. Yes. Yeah. There is no more talking. This is what your body needs. If you come out of your bed, you will be returned and just know I will be returning you and I will not be speaking because your body needs to rest at that time. Our mommy and Abby time is from this time to this time and then it's time for your body to rest. And when she's, she's going to continue trying to squeeze more because she's used to a certain pattern. Yeah. She's going to try and squeeze more and more and more out of you. And just know, just, you know, you're going to say like at 812, let's say, we got three more minutes and then there's no more talking. I'm out of here. It's time for your body to go to bed. We're doing it differently. Now, let me say something. When you establish this rule, this new bedtime rule, you're going to have this conversation, not at bedtime, anytime okay. but bedtime. Because if you do it in the relevant moment, it will be a fight and a power struggle. You have to have these conversations at a non-relevant moment, okay? Right. And a productive conversation and a productive conversation at a non-relevant moment. It's going to maybe be after school and she's having a snack and y'all are spending a little time together. When y'all come back together and you're going to say, listen, I missed you so much today. Like I thought about you. Do you know how much I think about you all day long? Like I like literally sometimes I just think about little silly things you do. And I just start laughing like a crazy person when I'm <laughs> at the coffee shop. You know, you just, right. like, as I tell my sister-in-law, I'm like, sometimes you, you know, sell it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Okay. So you're talking and she's beaming and she feels so loved and y'all are already so connected. So it's awesome. And then you say, so here's the deal. Our nighttime routine needs to shift a little bit because all I want is for us to go to, to separate for the evening from a place of pure love and just feeling like we, you know, We've never been, we, we couldn't love anyone more. So there's not going to be any more arguing or fighting or struggles over bedtime. We're not doing that anymore because that's not who we are and that's not how we feel about each other. And I want us separating for the night to go off to have peaceful dreams about each other. Nice. So, so, so this is how it's going to shift and change. Our mommy and Abby time is so precious and special. I would never want to give it up ever, ever, ever. And we're going to put, we're going to have it from a certain time to a certain time. And we're going to have a hard stop on when your bedtime is because there, it is a non-negotiable. Your body needs a certain amount of rest to grow and be as healthy as possible. You know how much mm -hmm. I value healthiness. That's why I don't let you have treats all the time. I know they're delicious. So I'm going to, this is the way it's going to go down. And as long as we get started on our mommy and Abby time, by this time, we'll finish at this time. And there will be no more talking after that. We're changing it as of tonight. I will not negotiate. I will not discuss what happens. I go and have my adult time. When you go to bed, your body needs rest. You are a growing child. There will not be a discussion about it. Nice. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. I just threw a million, you'll have to watch this back a bunch of times. So, but I just threw a million yeah. different tactics at you at once. Um, but that really is that assertive, assertive leadership energy. You're focused on 
the positive outcome you want. You're not asking for her permission. There's no sing-songy camp counselor mommy <laughs> voice there. It's literally very direct and there's no okay on the end. That's the number one mistake we make. We say, it's time for a bath, okay, bud? And kids are super literal. It's time for mommy and Abby times wrapping up, okay, hon? No, not okay. She's like, I want mommy and Abby time to go on all night. And since you asked with that whole okay, <laughs> the, the answer is no, not okay. <laughs> so focus on the no okay and really speaking to her in that kind of firm, direct way. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think it's part of the, I want to be this, like, the best parent ever, right? And so then I'll do things for her thinking this is, but then it ends up that, like, I feel that I'm like, okay, this doesn't end, right? Because it's five more minutes and five more minutes and like three hours can go by if we let her continue, and right? And then you find yourself in the gap and then you're resentful and, and, yes. and then you snap. Yes. Right? That, I mean, that's what happened. That's why I wrote the book. That's why I call it the parent gap. That's what we all do because we have this fantasy of the mom we want to be. And so we like compromise and we put our boundaries down and we give and we give and we give, and then we blame our children for us not knowing how to assertively communicate and be the pack leaders of our family. <laughs> and our kids are like, I'm just doing what you've trained me to do. Like I'm, I get more mommy and Abby time when I do this whole thing, this whole song and dance, it's worked mom. So you've let me believe that this is the pattern that's working because it's actually kind of working with me because all I want is more time with you. I don't care if it's positive or negative. Time is time. Yeah. Right? They don't care if it's positive or negative attention. It's just time with you. So they're basically, the kids basically left there going, why are you blaming me? You're the one. <laughs> like, who's running this circus? <laughs> I love that. It's like, a ref like reflecting back on what I'm doing to contribute to the situation, right? <laughs> Taking back, you know, and, and ultimately we can only control ourselves. Like, as moms, I hear moms all the time, well, how do I get them to do? And I'm like, get, get anyone to do, that's all about control. And the only person you can truly control is yourself. So the more that you try to get your kids to do anything, the more they're gonna dig their heels in and you're, that's where the power struggles come from. And yes. my favorite thing that I've said all year is, and I said it kind of off the cuff, I need to make it into like a meme and I said, you know, control feels bad for a reason because control is all about like thinking that you own someone. We don't own our children. Owning people is called slavery, not childhood. Hey, did you enjoy this episode? If so, then please take two minutes to just leave us a review. I love creating this show and I do it to help as many families as possible. So leaving a review may seem like kind of a pointless exercise, but it actually helps us reach more moms who might really need to hear these episodes. It would mean the world to me, and plus, it's just plain good karma. Thanks. Hey, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Mastermind Parenting Podcast is supported by my best-selling book, The Parent Gap. Usually getting a copy of the book and the audio version for you to listen to on the go would set you back around 20 bucks. 
but you can get both a digital copy and the audiobook for just $5.60. It's my gift to you for being one of my podcast listeners. So head over to mastermindparenting.com forward slash book to grab your copy now.